Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number six, where Jeremy visits with David Sides of Austin Vineyards. Beginning October 31st, 2014, Texas Wine Lover will be releasing new episodes of our podcast every other Friday. On behalf of the entire team, thank you for tuning in and keep listening. All right, everybody, this is Jeremy, and uh, today we're hanging out with David Sides, a viticulturist and proprietor of Austin Vineyards here in South Austin. Uh, David, thanks for hanging out with Texas Wine Lover. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, so we're just kind of sitting down today, uh, as all of our listeners know, we're uh, we're very active in, in the Texas wine industry, and we, we do a lot of conversations, uh, a lot of interviews with um, with the, the big players in the industry. And today we're sitting down with, with a man who's put a lot of effort into uh, a small personal vineyard, and uh, we're going to shed some light on really what's involved and what it takes to do this and, and kind of listen to his story. So, David, uh, I'll give the floor to you. Okay. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, first, I'd just like to start off and congratulate you and uh, the Texas Wine Lover uh, website. I really enjoy watching y'all's, uh, looking at your articles, reading your articles, listening to the podcasts, and congratulations to you in particular with your success and involvement throughout the Hill Country wineries. Uh, you've done just a great job this year. Um, I, I'm real proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. And for those of you who don't know, David is my stepdad. That's why he knows all these things. So, um, anyway, kind of tell us what got you started uh, and when you kind of you got started with with planting vines and getting involved with with growing grapes. Okay. Well, uh, probably seven, eight years ago. I've always enjoyed growing things. I've gone through phases, and uh, about seven or eight years ago, I decided to give uh, try to raising grapes. So I first purchased uh, online around 15 vines. I, I got some Merlot, and I got some Black Spanish, and I, I grew them, and they grew, and I was really happy with it, looking forward to the next year having some grapes. And sure enough, the next year came around, and I had some beautiful grapes I had planned to harvest, uh, the, the next day with the family members, and I came out that next morning, and all of my grapes were on the ground. And it turns out all the birds enjoyed my complete production that season. So that was my year one's involvement. My second year with the same 15 vines, um, I had some really good grapes, and I, I got through, and I got them before the birds got them. And uh, I... I in making my wine, I wound up putting up in too much uh, potassium metasulfite, and it prevented the uh, wine from fermenting. So that batch of wine in the second year went in the compost pile. Um, it didn't. It didn't stop me from my enthusiasm. So I went ahead and planted an additional 210 vines. Another. Oh, it was around 14, 1500 foot of trellis and um, drip irrigation and increased my varieties to a, uh, a Pierce's disease resistant Blanc du Bois, uh, uh, Black Spanish, Favorite, uh, and Merlot. And I enjoyed that for the first couple of years. My winemaking skills improved. And I started to feel like, okay, this is this is fun. I, I, I see that there could be a future in perhaps turning this into a family farm and a family business and making something from it. So I went ahead the next year and in, increased another 4,000 foot of trellis and concentrated on increasing uh, some of the Pierce's disease-resistant varieties. Um, 
I had also learned in the first three years that I was growing, I was growing on self-rooted vines. And my vines went through a yellow chlorosis, uh, poor fruiting. The vines looked yellow. They're very unhealthy. It turns out through my education and most of my education in viticulture has come the hard way, learning what not to do before I learn uh, what to do. And so I, I found out that uh, I needed to graft rootstock to the varieties that I was wanting to produce. So I looked into, again, Pierce's disease kind of was the main topic back in the day. So I went with Dog Ridge, a Pierce's disease resistant uh, rootstock. I grafted everything to Dog Ridge, put in an additional 4,000 foot of trellis, and I enjoyed harvesting, although the, the vigor on those vines was just incredible. The amount of work that I had to put into taming those those rows was just incredible so as i progress again learning kind of the hard way uh, i started a, a an additional rootstock kind of test trial and i have uh, now i have 5bb i have uh, freedom 10114 uh, 1103p and 41b 41b is my newest variety that i'm really excited in 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 uh seeing what kind of results. This next year will be my first year to see fruit from that. But that's one of the most popular uh, varieties they graft the white grapes to in Europe. 41B is a, is a rootstock that I'm using, uh, and I have a, an excitement to see how the, the fruit develops on it. It has a lot of popularity in Europe, and I, there's not really been a lot of usage of it in Texas. Uh, one that I am very proud of and and i really like the fruit that comes from the 1103 paulson it is it is a medium vigor and and by that i'm sure not everybody knows what the vigor means but you don't want vines growing so thick that you're just you're just developing walls of vines and leaves you want just enough leaves to produce what the what the fruit needs and that's that's kind of what is involved in picking the right rootstock so uh, this year this past year, I added an additional 10,000 foot of trellis. I added various varieties of grapes. Uh, now I have Viognier, Vermentino, uh, Alberino, um, Sangiovese, Tanat, and uh, Tempranillo. I am very impressed with the Tempranillo, and I'm looking forward to putting a lot of that in, in this spring and uh, putting in some more Tanat. I've got around 15,000 foot of trellis now. I'm looking to put in more each year. I want to add to that uh, the Tempranillo, obviously. You know, David obviously has, has been to Pernell Cellars and, and had some fantastic Tempranillo. And, and as he has planted that, I've come out here and we've helped. And this past year, we harvested Tempranillo together. And it's just amazing, even on some of the first real productions on these grapes, how well they come along. You know, everything else in the, in the vineyard around that seemed to be uneven, all these crazy ripening things going on, second, third batches. And the Tempranillo is happy as ever sitting out in that heat with nice ripened seeds, very, yes. very sweet sugar levels. And it just, once again, re, reiterates that it's not the varietal, the, the only varietal that does well in Texas, but is one of the varietals as a go-to because it just really thrives in our, in our terroir. Well, I, that's what I've come to, to realize. And, I, of course, people, I, I've, I've read that in the past, but I tend to have to learn it my way. And uh, this past year with my Tempranillo, I actually harvested two separate crops. I don't know if that's 
uh, typical with with vineyards, but I also got two crops, separate crops, about six to eight weeks apart on the Tempranillo and the Blanc du Bois. So you, had a, um, you had a pretty good hailstorm that came through this year, too, as uh, with everybody else. Yeah, in the spring, all my vines were growing beautifully. They were flowering beautifully. Along comes a wall of white hail and sandblasted my whole entire vineyard down to knocking the bark off the uh, the branches. And it just totally obliterated everything. And luckily, uh, the buds push a second time and a third time. But uh, it came back, and I had a real good harvest this year. Uh, what I do with mine, I, I probably produce this year around 600 bottles of wine. And I don't sell wine. I just give it away to friends. Um, improving my uh, winemaking skills from year to year. I'm getting better and better, and I have uh, Jeremy to uh, test it on. And he hasn't been uh, doing backflips over it yet, but I, I still hope to uh, see him do some flips in the future. Uh, it, to me, it's all about the fruit. Um, for me, if you raise good quality fruit, you can't hardly go wrong with when you make wine from it. Uh, that's my opinion. And again, I'm, I'm more or less a novice in the industry. Well, I mean, it, it is very true. I think most people agree that wine is made in the vineyard. Um, there, there's a lot of, of work that goes on to making good wine in, in, in the cellar, but if you don't start in the vineyard with the right stuff, it doesn't. You can take the best winemaker in the world, and they're still not going to be able to do much with bad fruit. So yeah, you're definitely right in that instance. So, um, so um, what do you what do you see in the future for the vineyard here, as far as expansions and more varieties coming into play, or what's the intention? Well, um, right now I have, for this next year, I'll have about two and a half to three acres of grapes. Uh, and I intend to hopefully make wine and be the first year I perhaps will be able to sell wine. That would be my hopes, best case scenario. Uh, not enough grape production to interest a, uh, a winery anywhere in purchasing them. But I also plan on increasing, probably planting about another acre and a half to two acres of vines I'll be grafting those myself. Uh, again, I, I work on a very low budget, uh, and I, I tend to prefer it that way. I've started businesses in the past with a lot of money, and you kind of tend to have to make it work and live up to a strong investment, whereas the approach I've taken with the vineyard is, is grassroots all the way up. And uh, no debt, and I prefer it that way. You know, you kind of grow based on your success. And it's a lot of work. I am a one-man band around here, you know, and uh, it's, luckily, I love doing it. To me, it's the best work office. When I tell everybody I'm heading to the vineyard, I'm going to work, but I am looking forward to just getting out there in the sunshine and the fresh air, and I love the heck out of it. Uh, right now, there's not, you know, everybody in the family t typically has other jobs, and they don't really have the same passion for baking in the sun and uh, being in the sun and the heat as much as me, but I enjoy the heck out of it. I'm good down to about 45 degrees as long as it's not raining in the wintertime. I'll be out there every day, and uh, summertime, I don't care what how hot it is, I'm out there. Uh, I, I just enjoy the heck out of it. I One of these days, hopefully, I can bring somebody on to help. I just uh, I, I, I have a gator, and I like to drive around the vineyard at night, just kind of looking at the vines, picking the grapes, chewing on the grapes, uh, dreaming of the future of where I want to go and how I want to get there. And um, I'm just tickled to death with what I see out there, what I've what where I've come from over the past couple of years, and what what I have to look at for all my effort. Uh, hasn't been all 100% success, but I have built on uh, my errors and I have uh, built from my successes and 
um, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Well, that's good. It's uh, and I've seen it grow f- pretty much from start to where it is now, and it really is. Uh, when he says one man show, he's not kidding around. It's just you know he's you know, we all help out occasionally when we can, but we all have full time jobs, and uh, I'm on the other side of uh, the hill country all half the time. So uh, you know he 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 is the one literally who has you know installed each post into the ground, who has installed the drip irrigation. Uh, who has tended to each vine literally by grafting on a rootstock and watching it, you know, nurturing it from a little a little bud all the way up to producing grapes, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years down the road. So um, you've come a long way, so keep it up. And um, thanks for hanging out with us today. And we look forward to maybe doing a, a second part one of these days once the vineyard's even bigger and producing more uh, Vitis vinifera, kind of see where things have come with, with both the growing and the winemaking. So thanks for hanging out with us today. And... Uh, well, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I, I appreciate you all uh, taking interest and uh, uh, wish luck to all the small growers out there and all the big growers and all the winemakers. I just uh, I love this industry and I think you all are great. It's one big family. So I appreciate you coming by. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash txwinelover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Thank you.